This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Speaking of great times, coming up this Sunday, noon tip time. The Boston Celtics are in town. They're going to be taking on the Milwaukee Bucks round two of the Eastern Conference playoffs. The Bucks facing off against the Celtics. Uh, the Bucks having home court advantage. And the Bucks feeling extremely confident. Matt Velasquez of the Journal Sentinel now joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Matt, how you doing? I'm great. How are you, Bill? We're doing well. So, uh, get, first of all, give me your thoughts just on the matchup itself. Yeah, you know, I think it'll be a tough matchup. I think you look at the start of the season, and we thought maybe, uh, maybe a lot of people thought this could have been the one-four series with the Celtics as the one seed and the Bucks as the four. I mean, that, that's where a lot of projections had it, uh, and instead it's kind of flipped around. The Bucks were the best team in the NBA this year. Um, yeah, they were able to build their chemistry and, and sustain it and be consistent all year. And Celtics won. They have a lot of talent, um, and, and there's no doubt about that. Um, and they're starting to kind of bring it all together at the right time. But it, it took them taking some taking some lumps to get there. So it should be a really fun series, pretty evenly matched one. And you know, I, I'm expecting it to go pretty pretty deep. So without Brogdon. Uh, I think they can beat Boston without Brogdon. Brogdon said on our show on Monday uh, or on Tuesday that, you know, he still has pain. He's not going to be back until he's completely pain-free. So I had said at the time I didn't think he was going to come back real early, like before the second round. But without Brogdon, can the Bucks still handle Boston, do you feel? I think they can They can hold serve for the for the first two games. Um, you know, maybe, maybe win them both, maybe split the first two. Um, that's that's something that I could see happening. Um, and then maybe they can get him back in time for game three. Uh, you know, work on the, on the pain that he has, keep testing him out, get him out there, getting some reps in practice and, and scrimmages and all that. Um, it'll be tough in a, in a full seven-game series for them to um, to hold out without him. I think Sterling Brown would have to play really well, um, you know, even better than he has been. He's already been pretty pretty good. Uh, Pat Conte would have to really step up. We have to see how Tony Snell um, is going to be in terms of his availability. Uh, he w- didn't really play uh, against the Pistons. And so you're really going to need just everyone to step up. And they've had a lot of that this season. Um, but they're going to need that even more uh, against the really talented Celtics team. Do, you, do, do the Bucks starting five match up evenly or better than the Celtics starting five? Yeah, I would think that the Bucks starting lineup, you know, so far this season would would get the better of or would have the better of the, the Celtics starting lineup. Um, with the caveat, take out Aaron Baines, and they can put in uh, Marcus Morris or Semi Ojale, uh, a, a bigger body like that, um, who's, who's not as um, as tall, but who's got that that kind of size and strength to be able to go against Giannis. And you move Al Horford to the five. And when Al Horford's been at the five opposite Brooke Lopez, the Celtics have been really good. Um, they've definitely gotten the better of those minutes. And a lot of them came in the first matchup of the season, uh, back like, way back in November, where the Celtics made 24 threes and Horford was killing them on pick and pops, where Lopez was sagging back into the paint according to the, to the Bucks' scheme. Um, so that, that might be something that the Bucks could take her with and change. 
Um, but if the, if the Celtics go small, it's definitely going to pose a bigger challenge than if they put Baines out there. Uh, I was asked, and I'll ask you the same question. If you had to, to, to close out a series with one guy, would you do it with Kyrie or, or Giannis? Ooh. Um, maybe, maybe this season I would I would say Giannis, but um, most times, I mean, in the playoffs, Kyrie is such a closer, such a dynamic guy with the ball in his hands, can, can shoot from outside, from inside. You know, just the versatility, maybe you go with Kyrie, because if you need a three, he can get that. Um, but he also, you know, can't overpower guys in the way that Giannis can. And, you know, it's, it's just a toss-up, man. But maybe maybe go with Kyrie just because he's been doing it for so much longer and has so many more things in his bag of tricks. The uh, the, the the difference, you know, Brad Stevenson very much uh, everybody's darling last year. The difference for the Bucks this year has been Budenholzer. Who's better X's and O's in your opinion? Uh, I, I think they're they're both in that higher tier. Uh, I think we're going to get a, a good chance to see uh, during this series which one that might be, and it might be the one who's more willing to to try things and change things. I know one thing that you know, Bud has been knocked for in the past is for sticking with things too much and, and for being stubborn and just you know say, hey, this is how we play, this is what we're going to do, and we're not going to adjust. We're going to stay with what we do. And there have been a bunch of times this season where he has adjusted and he has changed and gone to more switching and a lot of Chris Middleton to do uh, some more of the mid-range shooting that, that is comfortable to him. And that's really been a big help to the Bucks. So, you know, if the Celtics come out with a smaller starting lineup and are trying to play Brooke Lopez off the floor, you know, what does Bud do in order to adjust to that and change, um, you know, and change things for his team? And the way that he's, he responds and the way that, you know, Brad Stevens will move his own chess pieces after that, I mean, that could be the, the defining aspect of the series in terms of you know how these guys decide to adjust to each other. The uh, you, you mentioned some of the guys that have to play better, and uh, one of the guys that's already played pretty well so far in the postseason has been Eric Bledsoe. Now, Bledsoe did not play well against the Boston Celtics last year. Do you feel that against Boston he has something to prove, or do you feel that because he's played pretty well against Detroit, and you hope that he uh, you know plays better, obviously, but do you think think he has anything still to prove, or do you think he's proven it and he's he's ready to go against against Boston? You know, I think he has confidence that he's shown who he is, and he. Um, you know, has really stepped up throughout this whole season. Um, but there's always that element of playing that same team and being back in that moment where it's, it's going to drive him. He's going to have that chip on his shoulder much as well that the Bucks would like that. You know, they want him to have that chip on his shoulder and play that way and, and play, you know, in, a, in an effort to reassert himself. Maybe not to prove himself, but to reassert himself and say, hey, the guy who I was all year, this is the guy who I am in round two against the Celtics. And last year, I already forgot about it. Who, uh, who's kind of the X factor? Who needs to come up big? Is it Brogdon hitting shots, Bledsoe, somebody off the bench? You'd mentioned a guy like Pat Connaughton. It seems like a guy like George Hill could come up big in, a, in something like this that's been there, done that, and, and some of the guys that have had a little bit of experience in the postseason. I, I think there's a lot of guys who could be that X factor for the Bucks. You mentioned Brogdon, just how much he's able to play in this series, um, how he's feeling, uh, if he's able to play – uh, you know, 20 minutes a game, 15, 25, whatever that number is, does that ramp up over time? Is he able to hit shots at the, the level that he did? Uh, that could definitely be an X factor. You look at Nikola Mirotic. Um, he was off, he got to a slow start last series before uh, going like 6 of 10 on threes in Detroit. Uh, if he's able to play a little bit more, uh, tighten up on defense and make a 
you know, a high percentage of threes. Um, just basically everyone off the, the Bucks bench. They got a lot of good contributions from George Hill, Ursan Eliasova, Pat Condon, all those guys during the Pistons series. Now, which of those guys continue that against the Celtics? If they can get a couple guys each game off the bench to supplement their starters, they're going to be in a good position. Uh, well, and, you know, it doesn't need to be the same guy every day, but if you can get you know two or three of them rolling on a given night and, and Bud's able to recognize that and, and keep them out there and keep giving them opportunities, you, know, you can be in for a good situation. I think for the Celtics, that, that X-Factor guy might be Gordon Hayward. You know, he's been um, you know, up and down a lot of this season, coming off the injury last year. And if, if he can be the guy who he was toward the end of the season, more aggressive, assertive, uh, playing with confidence, hitting shots, uh, he could be a, a difference maker for them. Uh, by the way, we're talking with Matt Velasquez of the Journal Sentinel, talking some Bucks basketball. You, you'd mentioned some of the different matchups. I think one of the strengths of Bud this year has been the fact that he has brought in some of the guys off the bench, and if they were hot, he stuck with them. It, it was. It's not like there's this mandatory setting of minutes and setting of, of lineups. It's been his ability, like you had mentioned, to be flexible and say, okay, look, if you're if you're chucking it up and you're hitting, we're sticking with a hot hand. We're not pulling you out just because uh, time says so. Each guy has kind of earned his minutes. I think that's been one of his strengths, don't you? Yeah, I, I think so. I think he can recognize that. You saw it uh, in Game 3 in Detroit where Ersan Eliasova comes off the bench immediately hits three threes, uh, helps them take a, an eight-point lead out of the first quarter and a quarter in which Giannis didn't score. And so you, you see a little bit more Ersan in this game. And you, you know, he trusts Ursan, you know, almost implicitly. Um, and he's done that throughout the season. Uh, but just there was, uh, you know, back in, I think it was game two, where Pat Compton was getting going. He was blocking shots and doing stuff. Uh, George Hill had a really strong close to the season, had a couple games. He was stepping up in the fourth quarter uh, against the, uh, the Brooklyn Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers. And so he, he recognizes there could be different guys at different nights, and everyone on that team is confident and empowered, knowing that they don't need to be looking over their shoulder. If they're playing well, they'll get noticed. Um, Before I let you go, so uh, I think the biggest thing, obviously, is can you win on the road? Uh, Boston's been there, done that. The Bucks obviously closed out things on the road in Detroit. Do you feel that this is the difference to me is not only Budenholzer and such, and they're playing extremely well, but this is a confident Bucks team. This is not the Bucks team last year going, man, I hope we can go in and get one. This is a Bucks team that's thinking, we're going to win these two at home and we're going to go get one on the road and then we're going to come back and close it out, most likely. Yeah, that's definitely how they view it. Um, they, they've been a great road team uh, all year, a great home team. I mean, when you have the best record in the NBA, there aren't very many holes when it comes to playing at home, playing on the road, playing against good teams, playing against bad teams. Uh, they've they've taken on all comers, and, and they know that. And anytime they take a loss, you know they look at that and say, all right, there are things we can get better at, and we need to get better. And that that dates all the way back to that first loss of the season against Boston. You know, every loss kind of sticks in their craw, and they they don't like it. They they immediately want to turn things around and fix things. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see when adversity hits and. You know, I expect they'll lose a game this series. This isn't going to be a sweep. You know, what happens after that first loss? You know, how do they respond? How do they you know, make adjustments and change? And how do they approach the next game? I'm also interested to see you know, if this is going to be the first time that they're really tested. And what happens when Giannis has to play high 30s into 40 minutes? Same with Middleton, same with Bledsoe. Those guys need to play a lot. You know, how, how do they look? Do they look like the, uh, you know, kind of the progression of, okay, they average – low 30s in minutes throughout the season? Do they just kind of extrapolate those numbers out and, and keep playing at a high level? Or is there some tail off? Or 
you know, how, how does Bud manage that? So it'll be a lot. It'll be really interesting to see uh, all the different variables as they get sorted out, and it should be a really fun series. I have said that I think this is the Eastern Conference Finals. This is their toughest matchup. Do you agree? Uh, I, I'm not ready to say that yet. I think Toronto's really good, uh, and, and Philly too. I mean, you know, if you look at the Eastern Conference, you could argue that either Toronto or Philly has the second best player. Uh, you know, maybe maybe Boston does and Kyrie Irving, or maybe it's Kawhi Leonard, or maybe it's Joel Embiid. I mean, all those teams just having great players. Philly with its great starting lineup, uh, Toronto with its depth. That series is gonna, you know, it's gonna be a war. Um, but then when you get whoever in the Eastern Conference Finals, I think that's just another great matchup. These top four teams are all really, really good, really talented, and I, I wouldn't be be so quick to or ready to pencil in whoever wins this Bucks Celtics series straight into the finals. Great stuff. We appreciate it. We'll be following your stuff all throughout the series, and we'll talk again real soon, okay? All right, great. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Matt. Talk to you soon. Matt Velasquez of the Journal Sentinel joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.